the Trevor Jackson Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Trevor Jackson Podcast. I have a special guest on the show. I was a guest on her show recently, and I hope y'all caught that episode because it was a good one. And I'm very appreciative to have Amanda, Art Girl on Fire, on my podcast. How you doing today, Amanda? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, our show was good. Yeah, it was real good. It was a real good podcast, and I felt like I was uh, <laughs> interviewing you on your show. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, Amanda, for the viewers that's watching the podcast, and if you're listening to the audio version, Amanda is a multi-talented individual, and that's my perspective. She's a, a Reiki <laughs> healer. She's a, a podcaster, and she's a phenomenal artist, like, which which one of those? And I know you more than that. <laughs> yeah. But, that, <laughs> but, but those are things I do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which one of those things came first, though? Art has always been there and healing has kind of always been there since I, I started really making art seriously in high school. I had some really great art teachers that encouraged me, but I'd always drawn and colored and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and healing wise... Um, growing up, I would, like, my mom had headaches and her back hurt a lot, and I would, like, massage her back and rub her head, and she would always just be like, oh, your hands get so warm. I know you got healing touch, you, got, you know, and yeah. it was, like, I thought that was great, but then in my 20s, I got um, certified to be a massage therapist. I did that for a while, um, and then just recently, I dove back in pretty deeply, and mm -hmm got my reiki certification and i'm actually training right now for my master level reiki Is so i can start teaching other people how to mm. be reiki healers so. Oh man, I'm gonna have to take that class. Is that a third? Uh, is it? Is it three different stages into reiki mm -hmm. healing? Yeah, level one, two, and then the third is called master level. Okay. Um, and they call it that not that I'm a master of reiki healing, but there's a, a Japanese symbol that you attune to, and it's called the master symbol, master healer type okay. of thing so and uh, mm -hmm. to to get the third level that's just is that just for teaching or is it other things there's some other things but if you want to teach you have to have that okay so you learn a few like deeper truths of the practice and stuff which i'm looking forward to but yeah you're not ethically supposed to teach reiki mm -hmm. to other people unless you've been attuned to the master level and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about Reiki first off, but I really wanted to talk about art, though. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> because I'm, I, I consider myself a creator or a, a designer, but I'm not nowhere near on your level, though. No, it's just different levels. I don't think anybody's art is better than anybody else's. Like, everybody has their own flavor mm -hmm. of what they make, and I'm, I love everything like any kind, like one of my best friends in Huntsville on um, Instagram, she goes under paper full joyful mm -hmm. and she makes these collages with anime characters mm -hmm. and I don't watch anime and I don't read manga, but she's really into it and I love her collages. I don't know who those characters are, but I don't care. Like the work is really good. <laughs> yeah. You enjoy the work, man. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like when I look at your art pieces, I'll be like, wow, she's very creative in this and most of the time you use multiple colors like a lot of colors mm -hmm. and um where, where would you say it come from does it come from a place like your creativity or do you yeah. want to disclose that 
<laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and I think it always has come from the same place, but now I recognize where it comes from. And um, I think as people, you know, we are all spiritual beings. We're not just bones and bodies, right? Mm. And so inspiration and ideas and creativity, like some people's, I guess, can be like a spigot. Like if the spigot is a trickle, they might draw a little bit when they never go too far with it and, you know, not super inspired. But if that spigot's turned on full blast, then you get like all of these ideas. And so I really feel like a channel, like just universal consciousness, Holy Spirit, just like it just comes, it you know, flows and, and, it, it mm -hmm. and it comes out of you and the and the creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Man. Like and I feel it now and I can recognize it. And so now when I'm about to work, I meditate first and I set my space and clear it. And, you know, I'm much more intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot less frustrating than it used to be. Like I used to sit down like, oh, I don't even know what to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, like this is terrible. <laughs> also, like, and now it just like it's so easy. It just like you just you're in it and you do it. Like, mm, somebody, it's nice. Somebody told me like meditate before you do a lot of things like meditate before you take a test meditate mm -hmm. before you go work out meditate yeah because you can I, you can see you probably could see the totality of the artwork before you even start creating well you know what for me it's the opposite like i really don't oh. and like i'll work and work and then when it's done it's like i know it's done and i stop and then i step back and look at it and like Hey, oh, cool. <laughs> like, so, nice. <laughs> so basically, you're clearing the mind. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's the thing, though, in meditation, I don't think of nothing. Mm -hmm. You can't think of nothing unless you're dead. And so, but yeah, meditating before anything, that's why I like to do it in the morning when I first get up. And then throughout the day, like if my anxiety level starts to rise a little bit, I'll take 10 or 20 minutes and even just five minutes breathing. Um, to kind of come back to center but I mean it helps everything like meditation if I could if people are like oh I want to be a little more balanced or you know try some spiritual stuff whatever that's the first thing I would tell anybody is you've got to meditate because mm -hmm. the world is so distracting there's so much going on like information is flying at us every second mm -hmm. all the time sound and visual stimulation it's just more than our bodies were really designed to handle mm -hmm. and so a lot of people are <laughs> really anxious and depressed and upset and you know some stressed over things even, some people don't even know why they're so anxious and it seems like the world is getting more louder and mm -hmm. it's just screaming at us we having disasters yeah. and war and just it's yeah and i mean i, I want to know what's going on in the world like i don't want to stick my head in the sand and i want to you know do good where i can but not everyone was meant to carry all of the burden at one time. Like we're, our brains cannot compute that, Yeah, you know? And so if, if you doom spiral, you know, you kind of like, you know, everything that's going on, but you can't do anything about it because you're kind of paralyzed. Mm -hmm. um, and meditation can help you kind of order your thoughts and, you know, clear the mind of things that don't need to be there. Mm -hmm. So that when you do sit down to do your task or your work or whatever, you know, it's much less of a struggle. Yeah. Make, you have to make time to uh, have a peaceful time. Like, if I ask, mm -hmm. if, if I say the word peace to you, what does that mean to Amanda? Peace. Hmm. 
There's a lot of layers to that question. <laughs> That's like really, it's peace. Like if I can have peace within myself, which I have full control to do that, mm -hmm. then I'm at peace. Like it, if you can separate yourself from your ego and also from outside things, mm -hmm. then you know those outside things become very small, and then the peace that you have inside becomes very big, mm -hmm. and so it kind of you know, takes you away from the little piddly things that over time, those can get really irritating and make your stress level really high. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason I asked you that question too, because the people that's familiar with my podcast and my channel and stuff, they know that I say at the end of every show, peace, love, and plenty abundance, because those mm -hmm. are the, those are the three things that I live by, like peace first. I need mm -hmm. peace to be able to love everything. And I need abundance just to be able to survive on the planet. So I just want right. to know your perspective of what, what peace is to Amanda. Because it seemed like we was talking and getting into that realm mm -hmm. with meditation. Yeah, meditation helps you recognize that you have peace already. Mm. Like I think a lot of people struggle when they like desire things and they think that it's outside of them. Okay. But when you meditate, you you realize at a certain point that like everything you need, you already have it, mm -hmm. and like the universe is abundant; it's not scarce. There's plenty of resources for everybody yes. in the world. It's being mismanaged, and people are in power are kind of keeping resources from certain people with a purpose, mm -hmm. and not you know I'm not a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I mean big government and you know all these conflicts and everything like it's regular no, it, people and innocent people it doesn't help them in any way so um once you realize that what you need isn't outside of you or you don't need to get it from another person i mean a lot of stress goes away yeah, you know it's very noticeable that that's what's going on but that ain't you know what i mean it's it's not going to bother the people that's aware of it yeah but <laughs> the reason uh Dang, I, I think I lost my track of mind, but the reason I asked you about uh, that in meditation, because can meditation show you that you have anxiety also? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you said yeah, like when I started, like I started my yoga practice before really diving into like heavy meditation practice. And um, at first I struggled to you know, sit in a posture and actually breathe through it. Like my breath would be like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm sitting there trying to relax. Like, why can't I breathe? Mm -hmm. And so like once physically I learned how to control my breath and breathe a little better then my mind started to, you know, things became more clear. And then I was able to learn how to meditate. Like it's a practice. Like you're not going to sit down the first time you want to meditate and be like, Oh, this is great. I'm so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> you'll sit there like oh my gosh this is so boring what am I supposed to do am I thinking of the right thing am I not you know mm -hmm. and there's a lot of different information out there about what meditation looks like and all that um but it does take practice like I've been heavily meditating for about five or six years now mm -hmm. almost every day and um and like you as you go in that process you start to notice you know, little by little, like things break loose and things heal and, you know, you're led to do 
um, different things in your practice and your studies and, you know, things you thought you might study and want to learn. Some of those kind of fall away and then you find something new that's really up your alley. You know, like I thought I was going to study essential oils and herbal medicine and I might still, Mm -hmm. but I found Reiki first and I found that like the energy healing was really powerful for me. And I learned a lot of things through that. Um, and then I dove into like ancestral healing and, um, you know, when you first start, you're like, okay, this is cool. Um, but you have to detach from your desired outcome. Like, okay, I want this to solve this problem. Like thinking like that doesn't work, but if you just do it and you have faith and you practice every day, um, you know, working on healing ancestral trauma in my family, has actually brought really big healing to my mom and my relationship. Like, and now I can look back on it and I can see all these pieces like falling into place. And, um, and we're so good now. Like we talk basically every day <laughs> and she was on my show and it was really great. And that was a great you know, show. Mm-hmm. That was a real So a lot of healing has taken place in that. So yeah. Like <laughs> ancestral trauma. That, mm-hmm. that, that caught my attention because things carry over, don't they? Like, Yeah. Like in Christian circles, they call it like generational curses. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. because, um, And they've actually proven this, that trauma, it's stored in our DNA. So things that happen to our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, ancestors all the way back, like it's still encoded in our DNA. And so like when you start to heal on a personal level, like once you actually start doing it, it does, it goes backwards and it goes forward, Mm. you know? So things that I had to struggle with and my mom, my son won't struggle with because I'm doing the work right now. Yeah. And time isn't linear. So like as you heal it, it busts out into like every dimension, every timeline, like it's all healed. (laughs) That's that's great because like, when I think of that, I think I need to educate myself on that. That's the first time I ever heard that before, that things mm-hmm. from the past and things from your family past can carry over. My my thoughts automatically go to food mm-hmm. because I'm trying to heal my my family and my the people that's further out from me when I have a child or whatever. Mm-hmm. Food because diseases and stuff like high blood pressure, diabetes, because we inherit diets. Mm-hmm. from our family and i didn't know that we can inherit traumas and mm-hmm. and whew, that's deep though <laughs> it is it is mm-hmm. but i mean that's why um like you can look at certain um you know like every city has certain geographical areas where you you go in there and you can feel the energy is different like there's a heaviness in some places that are bogged down with like poverty and then other places, you know, it, the energy is just different. And I think ancestral trauma has a lot to do with that. You know, when I, I moved from Knoxville, every time I come back home, I feel a heavy, dark energy. Mm-hmm. I feel it immediately. Right when I pass Strawberry Plains and I'm entering the city, I can feel it. And I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, but it's something that I think the city may need to heal from. Mm-hmm. Real. And I had yeah. a I had a question like I was doing Reiki studying and and mm-hmm. and stuff before me and you did the uh do this podcast and I was wondering can a Reiki healer do Reiki on themselves? Yes. Yeah, when you learn level 1 Reiki, 
it's for self-healing and you can like practice on your friends and family and you can work on them too but ethically um level one is for healing the self level two is when you can ethically work on other people and charge money for it mm. but yeah reiki one you know that was a big shift for me um in my spiritual life like it it was a huge breakthrough and after i took that course and was attuned as a reiki healer um, my massage or massage um meditation practice like leaps and bounds like it just like exploded and i was able to focus better i could sit in meditation longer i could see more um like once your energy is balanced and you know how to keep it healthy and balanced like so many things just you know balance. fall into place like they're supposed to you know balance that's a key word because mm-hmm. it, am, am i am i saying this correctly i don't want to say it wrong reiki is like healing your energy mm-hmm. personal energy yep so by calling a human being energy that's some people might not understand that because we mm-hmm. talk we talk energy a lot and uh in this world now like that's kind of a fairly new term like when i was younger i didn't hear people calling each other energy and you're bothering my energy and yeah (laughs) well i think a lot of people collectively are starting to recognize things as they are Mm -hmm. you know they're kind of coming into themselves and i think too through the pandemic and when everything was like shut down um people were isolated and sometimes like the way our society works you're not ever supposed to be alone you're not supposed to be by yourself like solitude is looked down upon like oh you're a loser if you don't go out all the time or if you don't have a partner you know but i think there's a reason that that's encouraged and that's because it keeps us from getting quiet and getting to know ourselves and Mm. you know what we're capable of and how much good we can do for ourselves and for other people if you get quiet you know that's when you hear god speak you know yeah and not like moses on the mountaintop with the tablets like lightning and you know (laughs) but you know, Jesus told his disciples about like the inner, that small voice inside your inner knowing. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason that I talk about people as energy is because we all are and we're all connected energetically too, because the breath of God is in all of us. Like if you're living and breathing, then God is inside you. Yeah. You know, what's, and so. What's, what's crazy is that I think that in one, in a person's life, Everybody will come to silence. At one point in time in your life, you will have to, God will direct you to the silence. Even if it's yep. to keep you out of this situation or yeah. I have to remove financial gain from you for a moment to put you mm-hmm. inside. If you have to go to jail or anything, you at one point in time, um, people will have to come to silence. And if they come to silence for a good reason or be in silence with a positive mind, they will uh, they will start to hear, mm-hmm. start to feel, and then they'll start to heal, or understand how they need what they need to do to heal, mm-hmm. and that's through silence. And a lot of folks don't want to be in silence; they want to go to the club or go to the game or go to yeah. Well, when game. you're not, when you have parts of you that do need to heal, um, being silent can be really scary because you have to face yourself and you have to face mm. your issues. And a lot of people are just they don't even want to think about it um, because 
like healing is great and it's amazing, but it's not easy sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it can be really painful emotionally. Um, but then you get the breakthrough too. You know, it's like you know you have to plant the seed, and it has to be in the dark underground for a long time before it makes its way to the sun and becomes what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, spiritually, that a lot of it. <laughs> it yeah. You know. And But, you know, one benefit of going through hard things is, one, sometimes that pushes you into a deeper place spiritually, and you learn from it. And then, two, you can help other people who've been through that same thing because you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, you know, in drug recovery programs, sponsors are people who were addicts before because they know what it's like to struggle with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The best teachers are the people who's experienced what they're teaching. Yeah. Yeah. If someone came to me and was like trying to tell me what to do, I was like, well, have you been there? And they're like, no, I read a book. I know what you need. I'll be like, no, you don't. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) You haven't experienced it. Yeah. Teach me. Yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. um, I have something, uh, a surprise that I didn't tell you about. Okay. Some videos that I created. And I wanted you to to talk to me about these pieces and. Where okay. your mind was at, and how can people get your pieces, and where can they get them from? I'm about okay. to uh, play a visual of Amanda's art. Check okay. it, check it out, y'all. If y'all listening to the audio version, y'all got to come over to YouTube so y'all can see the artwork man, <laughs> that I uh, put on <laughs> put on the video. Um, those uh, these pieces that I'm gonna play are the pieces that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, so they're your favorite. Yeah, these are my favorites. <laughs> Tell me about that piece because it's it's complex to me. Yeah, it's a big canvas. It's um, two by three feet, and um, it's paint. It's paper like magazine clippings it's packing paper um and of course glue Mm -hmm. um and it was inspired by i was i was putting some pieces together for collage and i actually drew the figure and then the wings on her were magazine pieces and i didn't really do much with that but i photographed it and so then I, I kept looking at it, looking at it, like, what should I do with this? It's a really nice, it's a nice image, you know. And then, you know, I woke up one day, I was like, I'm going to paint her. I'm going to paint her. Mm-hmm. And um, and though I got started. And then, like, when I got finished, it was like, wow, she's a really powerful lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that seems to be a lot of people's favorite piece right now in the show that I have up. And, yeah, her, it, I titled it Divine Feminine. And I usually don't title my work at all. Like all of the collages are just numbered. But that one, like basically the work told me what it was. Like this is what you should name it. Like, okay. okay. And um and it's been good. People like that one. I like I like that one a whole lot. And Me too. Whew, that was a good that's a that's a good piece right there. Now, uh, how long does it normally take to make a piece like that for you? Or do, you don't want to give that information? No, it's fine. Um that one I actually worked on it for about five months. And that's the longest I've worked on one piece of art. I usually, like I said, I channel and like, I mean, 
it could be an hour or two and I'm done. It, if it's a continuous line drawing or whatever, like 30 seconds a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I put something to canvas, you know, that could be a few days work or a week or something. But that one, like I kept, I would do it step by step and then I'd stop and I'd wait and I'd look at it. And then I would get the urge like, okay, add this, add this. Because one thing I hate hate is overworking a piece Mm. just to like so it has a lot going on like if it's done it's done just stop like stop working on it you know mess it up um so I try not to mess with things too much so a lot of times I'll work on it let it sit kind of look at it mull it over meditate some more and if it needs something else like just add little bits at a time (laughs) because like if a piece becomes too stressful then you won't like it probably Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to say what it needs to say if it's got like all this stuff going on because too like I said before like the whole world is like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want my art to be like that too. Like just like <laughs> like oh it's chaotic and you know and there's a time and a place for that and there are some artists that make work like that. It's utter chaos mm-hmm. and I love their work, but for me and what I'm trying to do and like I work my healing through my artwork too. So I don't like chaos. So my art's not gonna be chaotic either. <laughs> okay, okay. So I got two more pieces. Okay. I'm gonna pull up. I want you to talk to me about these pieces. This mm-hmm. is number two. make a piece like do you see different things in them sometimes after I'm done and that one it's not done like the shapes and everything it is but there's detail work that's in progress but I'm taking my time on that one too okay um so I've been working on that one a little over a month um but it started as a, a pen and ink drawing on paper um and I liked it so much I was like that would look good really big and it's another really big piece mm-hmm um, so I drew it on a canvas and just started painting. I, so. I like I like that one a lot. Like when I look at art, sometimes I see a whole totally different because those look that look like uh, skeleton heads. But I see something <laughs> in the chin area. It looked like a whole nother face in there. But when I look at art, I see stuff different every time. I, I wonder if that's just me or. No, it's like that. And that's one reason, too, that I don't title most of my stuff is because I don't want to tell people what they need to see in my work. Okay, so if I'm at my gallery show and you come in and you see a piece, I want to hear what you see in it because that's the whole point. Like where you're at, like where your heart and your mind is at, where your healing is at right now, that's going to affect what you see. Yeah. So... I'm not going to tell you like this means A, B, or C because it's going to mean something different to you. And I love to hear what it means from other people. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know. Nothing offends me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's kind of funny though if people are like, oh, I could do that. I'm like, okay, you could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't take it as an insult, but like yeah. <laughs> why do people say that? Do you think like, <laughs> okay, me, me and you, we could be riding in the same car. Mm-hmm. And you could see the world totally different from me, but we're looking at the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your perception is your reality. 
that is real to you. What your brain tells you is real is real. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so again, like we're looking at the same thing. We're going to feel it differently. We're going to think of it differently. It's going to remind us of different things um, in our past experiences, um, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I can relate because like I, I don't want to put that off on people or say some people uh, or none of that. I just, I know that because when, if I'm in a car with somebody and they tell me their perspective, I don't like such and such. And I may think it's beautiful, but I may not relay it to them yeah. because I know that we see different. We see the world different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not right or wrong, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are a few like big ideas that I believe there is a right and there's a wrong, but most things when it comes down to preference or like what people like or dislike or what gets on people's nerves, like that's just very personal and it's not worth arguing about with someone, you know, like, well, pizza is better than spaghetti. Like, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It is great. (laughs) They both use, uh, uh, (laughs) sauces, red tomato sauces. Have you like, I, I was watching a documentary. It was called from, uh, human to cyborgs and i've been researching this thing about transhumans like Mm -hmm. transforming into a robot like a human flesh transforming into a robot and that that's kind of scary to me oh yeah i read an article it might have been yesterday talking about how people like super wealthy people are trying to find ways to like download their consciousness before they die so it can be uploaded into like a cyborg type of thing. And, uh, people are. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not scared to pass away. I'm, I must announce that. Mm-hmm. I know that might not be uh, a popular opinion. I'm not scared to pass away, but people want to live forever. And mm-hmm. why is that? Like, is that a fear? It's fear. Oh, That's no. a basic fear-based mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, like not the fear of not knowing or the fear of not being important or having a legacy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but to me, like that's just part of the cycle because um, because we are energy, like we talked about, it's never created or destroyed. Like we've always been, and like even in the Bible, it tells us we were with God before we were here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to go back, you know, our energy, like we don't die. This body dies. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really cool because, like, we live on Earth, and if our bodies die and we're left to die, like we're supposed to, if you don't get embalmed and all that stuff, <laughs> like I just want to be like wrapped in a cloth and just put me in the ground, just well, let the dirt eat me, and animals can eat my bones. I don't care. Um, you know, if we do that, then that's nourishing the soil, and like the soil nourishes us when we're alive, giving us food, and you know, like to me, it's a cycle. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I'm not scared, but people are scared of suffering, and so I think a lot of people equate death with suffering. They're oh, I'm gonna die. It's gonna hurt, or I'll be sick and it'll hurt, and you know, and people are, you know, just scared. They're so, scared. So folks trying to create like transhumanism or whatever, because so, mm-hmm. they're fearful of the unknown. Mm, yeah, that's, that's yeah, good. that's good. Piece number three. Okay. <laughs> the Jackson Podcast. That's a real powerful piece to me. 
Thank you. And um, if anybody listening to this podcast, Amanda Massey artwork on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And how else can they uh, get in touch with you to purchase? Or is that your preferred? That's the main way for purchase. Um, I do have a website. It's just amandamasseyartwork.com. Mm-hmm. But there's not a shop attached to it. But you can see some of my past work and stuff on there. Um, right now, if you want to see things in person, I'm at Low Mill Arts and Entertainment in Huntsville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. In the first floor West Gallery, and that'll be up until April twenty third. Okay, okay. And it's um that first painting that you showed, and then all of my collage pieces are in that show. Okay, I didn't even get none of the collage pieces. Neither that last one you showed was a collage. Wow, that does, yeah. it looks like a painting to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one isn't hanging right now, but I do have it. Um, completed and actually the figure that's in that one she was the inspiration for that first painting that you showed me mm-hmm. now I, by me asking you this question i feel like i'm limiting you uh by even asking but how would you describe your artwork hmm. two words if you could, two words if okay you could use two words okay um Really, the art itself, I don't know how to describe it. The way I make it and like the work itself, I would say is intuitive and um, powerful. Like it's powerful to me. Mm-hmm. Intuitive and powerful. I liked it. I liked it. That last piece was very powerful to me. I seen the mm-hmm. lady, the snake. It, it was it, it was going. It was a lot going on, but it felt good. It felt like a lady in control. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's I what think. it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna boss you and tell you to think the same thing. But when I was making it, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. It's like she's really powerful, and um, like the snake denotes like feminine, divine energy, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just her stature. You know. Yeah, I really liked that one. She was sturdy. She was oh, powerful. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I seen. So lately, you don't have some guests on your pod. We got to talk about the podcast, man. Oh yeah, I've had some really nice guests on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah you had some some really nice guests. Like I came on the podcast, and then you had a um, I forgot what the guy a yoga teacher. Yeah, his name's Titus. He works in Huntsville, Alabama, as a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. It was a really good episode. He does good work. He's doing a lot of work for the community in Huntsville. So I like uh, like. Do you do yoga often? Mm-hmm. Every day, most days. And I'm certified to teach, but I haven't started teaching yet, like on a grand scale. But, but I'm going to do that, too. <laughs> uh, I don't blame you. I will. I will. <laughs> I, so is there a difference in the benefits from because I like hot yoga mm-hmm. from hot yoga than regular yoga? Is there a what it, could you tell people what will be the the benefits of hot yoga in comparison to room temperature yoga um really with hot yoga i mean when the body is heated up it's going to help in a lot of detoxification um and then if you're you know fitness minded you know you're going to burn your calories and you know so there's some good like physical benefits to that one um and then mentally you know dealing with the heat and withstanding it while you're breathing through the poses Uh you know it helps with your 
patience and focus and determination and, you know, like it's all beneficial. I don't really think that one facet of yoga is better than any others, but for what people personally like and enjoy, to me, the best yoga is the one you're going to stick with. Like if you enjoy it, you'll stick with it. Yeah. You know, like there's some really hardcore, like Ashtanga yoga, like they practice six days a week for like three, four hours a day. And it's a very, it's a set, um, a set group of um, asana postures and it's the same every single time. Mm -hmm. So it's a very disciplined and, you know, in line kind of practice. Um, And then, you know, the hot yoga is a little more physical, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I feel like you could center in that environment too, like with the heat and everything. And then Hatha yoga and Vin yoga or um, not Vin, Yin yoga is more of the calm, slow movements, a lot of breath work, a lot of meditation, um, you know, calm, like I'm very anxious. And so I tend to gravitate toward very gentle, slow, Mm. you know, and I've done some Ashtanga yoga and it's really fun. Like I enjoyed it, but, um, there's certain parts of the practice I just wouldn't get into and I don't want to do something halfway. (laughs) So I'll use some of the postures sometimes in my sequences. Um, yeah. Have we, uh, Americanized yoga? Oh, heck yeah. It's terrible. (laughs) What was yoga originally created for? A spiritual practice. Like it was not a fitness, anything like those, the physical benefits are great. And they come along with it. But, you know, if you're doing yoga just to get skinny and you, you know, do back bends and stand on your head and stuff, like, you can probably do that. But, like, if you're still going to be a jerk to people, like, what good is it really doing you, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I have to get into yoga more. I, I've done yoga, hot yoga, multiple times. But mm-hmm. yoga made me realize that I have a left hip issue. When I tried to do some of those poses, I felt pain in my hip that I didn't even know I had. And now that I'm aware of it, it made me feel like I need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it can definitely help you see where you have imbalances Mm -hmm. and things. But sticking with the practice and two, learning not to push past a level of comfort. Mm -hmm. You know, it is like yoga definitely... I mean, there are some people who practice it this way, but I don't believe in the no pain, no gain, like push through like that. You're missing the point Mm -hmm. because for me, especially, you know, as a practice, yoga has helped me to recognize and like acknowledge my body for what it does and like what it's capable of. And if, you know, if there's a pose I can't quite get into, it's not a limitation and it's nothing bad. Like, Oh, I can't do a back bend or whatever. Um, as good as whoever else in yoga does it. Like, it's just where my body's at right now, and I'm thankful mm-hmm. for it. So, like, if you're working on it and you feel that in your hip, like, don't push past it. Just recognize it and breathe. Like, if you can always find your breath, and, you know, eventually that will kind of work itself out. Oh, because you know. the, the breathing aspect of it is bringing balance to that pain and it's kind of opening it up is mm-hmm. it? well it keeps you from panicking too like uh, we're really not good at being uncomfortable yeah yeah <laughs> and so like some people are better than others at, with it but you know sitting was like okay that's not comfortable but like as long as it's not sharp and you know you're not having heat coming off of that like if you, it's not injured 
Like it, maybe it's more stiff than your other hip, but you know, as long as you know, you're not injured and you're not exacerbating an injury. Like if you go into a pose and that hip is just tighter, you can't quite get to it. Like sit in that discomfort for a second and let the, that little bit of panic that starts to bubble up, like let it go and breathe through it and like you'll start to see some progress with it you know but you know the first thing we do when we get hurt like oh, God. Oh, you know oh, like, it hurts you know, you, what's crazy is i kind of know where my pain come from i'm about to expose myself on mm -hmm. in this part but it is what it is you remember <laughs> do you remember when like in high school and stuff the cool guys or the guys who thought they were cool they mm -hmm. used to drive their cars, and they had their seat laid. Oh, all the way back. Yep. I, yep. Yeah, and you couldn't see the, the, the head was in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm dealing with in my. Did you do that? I did that for years, too. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, I'm, so you were sitting, like, your, your pelvic bone was like this. Yeah. And so the side that you were leaning on, you know, probably got some pressure in there and, you know. I think but I'm you know, like Reiki could help that. that too. The energetic, like get some energy moving in there, and it might help a little bit. I'm coming to have my session as soon as I, as soon as I travel. Uh, May, May, I will be in. You're not in Tennessee right now, though, are you? Yeah, we're in Knoxville still. Okay, May, mm -hmm. I'm going to be in Knoxville, and I need my Reiki session. How many can you take one each day or is it beneficial to take more than one? It's, you know, you can do as much as you want. It's not going to hurt anything. Okay. Because okay. yeah. I need that balance back, man. And I need that blockage away. Can mm -hmm. like, I, I feel like right now I'm, I got a lot going on. Like I'm moving and I'm doing podcasts mm -hmm. and I'm working and stuff. I kind of feel a off balance, like off balance a little bit, but I know what I got to do to make it better though. Yeah, and too, if you have a meditation practice, you know, um, like I said, it's not about emptying your mind of thoughts, but say you want to focus on balance and like more specifically, if your hip is really bothering you and you know you're going to get some energetic work done, um, start meditating now and just focus, you know, good healing light energy around that area, like just visualize it in your mind. Because your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and thoughts. That's yeah. what, like, have you ever thought, okay, say you've got an event coming up or you're going to a concert or a trip and you're so excited about it and you're just thinking about being there and like, eating the good food and seeing a show that you love, like, your heart will start beating faster, you'll get excited because your brain is telling your body the story of that experience already. Mm -hmm. So if you tell your body, like, this hip is great, it is surrounded with healing energy. Anything that doesn't need to be there is not there. I'm clearing it. It's healed. It feels great. I can run. I can walk the treadmill. It doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, your body can start to line up with that because it's like, oh, that's what we're supposed to do? Okay, I'm going to follow instructions. I'm going to do that. But if my mind <laughs> keeps telling me, oh, I feel it. Ooh. Yeah, every morning if you get up, oh, gosh, that hurts so bad. <laughs> <laughs> then I start feeling it before my mind even tell me to feel mm -hmm. it because I've yeah. And I'm not saying that like be completely detached from reality and like, well, I'm going to run a marathon this weekend because I believe this hip is healed. Like, don't be stupid about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, if you can gently like allow your body the space, you know, it might start to feel a little bit better. 
It's, yeah. it's crazy you said don't completely detach from reality, but I wish I could detach. Yeah, don't we all? We do. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had just but you know, if you meditate for 20, 30 minutes, for those oh. 30 minutes, you can be anywhere you want to be. Mm. Like, you know, and something I learned in Reiki, especially when I got my level two and you learn to do healings across distances. Um, you know, what I do is I send my consciousness out into the quantum field and I link up with yours if I'm working on you. And I have things that I do to like protect and make sure you're you and that we're doing the work, whatever. Um, but since I have that now as a practice, now when I meditate, I can go there and I can kind of explore like other dimensional realms and, um, you know, just... Like, I've never been to the West Coast, mm -hmm. okay? And in meditation, a few years ago, I started seeing this certain, like, shoreline, this beach. But it wasn't like the southern beaches that I've been to. It wasn't sand. It was, like, stones, and they were smooth and dark. A lot of them were, like, black stones, and there were cliffs. And um, one day I was on Instagram, I think it was, and I saw the place. I was like, I have been there like yeah. consciously been there was like where is that and it was like it's the pacific northwest it was someone had posted from a hike they took it was like that's the beach i've been to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy like when you you tell me you you can like you had that experience i wonder since you became a reiki teacher are your dreams more vivid Yes, and I wake up really tired a lot of the times, and I, <laughs> I asked my Ricky teacher about it. She's like, oh, yeah, when we're sleeping, we're doing all kinds of healing work. Just all our, we're everywhere. We are healing, like mm -hmm. working on people. We're in different places. So that's why I like to meditate and work in the morning um, to kind of get back, you know, some balance and physical balance and ground um, like you'll hear that term like grounding oh you need to ground you know, whatever like when you're scattered or when you're really exhausted or anxious especially if you can do some grounding practices what that means is to bring your mind back to your earthly body mm -hmm. and so that's what i mean when i say like don't get like so out of your head about it that you're just like this space cadet <laughs> It's like, that, la, 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 la. That's crazy because when... <laughs> but like, if you come back in your body, because, I mean, we live here right now. Like, our spirits are, like, hanging out in these bodies. So, we need to take care of them, and we need to keep that connection. Mm -hmm. But you can, you know, you can be a spiritual person and be grounded at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, like, you're healing when you're alive, and when you're asleep, you're healing also. That's a test <laughs> now, because you're supposed to be <laughs> healing while you're asleep. Yeah, and I mean, it heals me too. Like, I don't wake up feeling sick or depleted, but just like mentally a little tired and sometimes just not totally refreshed. But um, there's things I could do to help it help me sleep a little better. And like I said, just coming back to my body in the morning and like grounding, doing yoga, get outside and put my feet on the ground. That helps with everything. It just kind of brings you back to center and you can get on with your day. But, I mean, I'm glad I'm out doing healing work. I mean, if I'm healing people I don't even know about, but, I mean, it's doing some good, so that's all I could ask for. You know, yeah. I just wanted to do some good. Yeah, be of service to other individuals. Like, yeah. I, 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 I work a lot, and I, I probably work 20 hours a day. 
and we talking about rest and sleep and healing right now. I want to know what is Amanda's thoughts on the importance of sleep and when should a person sleep? <laughs> sleep is really important. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like a reboot. You know, it charges our battery like if you know, like into a computer when you turn it off and turn it back on again, it works a little better. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of studies that show like sleep deprivation has a really negative effect on lots of things. And especially like you said, if your family has history of like heart disease and stroke, things like Ooh. that, um, you know, not getting enough sleep can heighten your risk for that. But I'm all about to sleep when you can or sleep when your body wants to sleep. Like I don't sleep very well at night again, because I'm doing other things, but also just my brain has a hard time kind of shutting down. But during the day, I can nap so well. (laughs) Like, I can lay down and I'm out in, like, 30 seconds. And I wake up from naps feeling refreshed. So I think, like, my body clock just enjoys sleeping a little bit at night and getting up and working a little bit. And then if I can in the afternoon, sleep a little bit then. And it kind of balances out. And I actually learned recently that – Ancient people, that's how we slept. We did like little broken cycles and we would be up like around, you know, 2 to 3 a.m. or so around in that area. And then we go back to sleep Mm. and so like we'd get up and do stuff. So I think that's kind of cool. So maybe my body is just like, hey, let's be ancient. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think that's important, though, because like we live in this fast society, this fast moving society and. Right now, this inflation going crazy, and they, they expect us to work night shift, day shift, mm-hmm. mid shift, all shift. Not healthy. Yeah. And we don't know the importance of sleep. Like, if you work two jobs, when are you taking that, that nap? Like the baby, like they used to mm-hmm. lay us down as kids at 1 p.m., feed us lunch, and give us 45 minutes. Yeah, like grown-ups should have nap time at work. Like, there should be. Yeah. A little, just a little rest in the afternoon, and then the whole rest of the day would be better. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Like I was thinking about something. I was about to ask the place that I'm employed at. Like, we have sick days, we have <laughs> vacation days. Why can't we have mental health days off? Like, give mm-hmm. me five, five mental health days. Because sometimes I, I might not want to come in here. And I'm, I'm yep. and it's because I'm mentally not here. Yeah. And I mean, that's a balanced life and it's really hard to carve a balanced life out just in the way society works now. Um, and so, yeah, like we need mental health days from jobs that are stressful and long and, you know, you just never get a break. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Man. Yeah. I follow these people on um, Instagram. It's called the nap ministry. I want to say, and um, is led by a black woman, I think, or maybe a group of black women. Um, I need to do a little more research on it, but they encourage rest, like active rest and naps and like resisting like hustle culture, especially in the black community, because it's just pushed so hard. And like, it's important to be successful at what you're doing. And like you said, you have to make money to live like we have to. Yeah. But if you can try to balance that and let yourself rest as well, like they talk about just how important that is and that it's kind of an act of defiance and a protest against the way society says we have to be, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of shirks that label of like if you nap, you're lazy or whatever. It's like there's a difference between giving your body the rest that it needs and just not doing anything ever, yeah. you know. 
And I'm I'm gonna research that the nap ministry. Uh huh. Because yeah. like as I look back over my life, I think things have got heightened to where the pace of life is moving faster. And even previously before me, talking to people that's older than me, when they said a loaf of bread was a nickel and mm-hmm. stuff was a, a gallon of gas was 50 cents, they wasn't dealing with, I don't know, they might have still been dealing with it. It just was in their own way at that time. Mm-hmm. The yeah. an, the anxiety now, is it's, it's a lot going on. We have this metaverse stuff. I just got through talking about transhumans, and it's just yeah. so much yeah just, there's now. a lot going on in the world right now just so much yeah. happening yeah. you know hey man but i appreciate you coming on my podcast you welcome on my podcast anytime you too this is fun i love coming on hey i love having you on and i love being on your podcast also yeah um, you can you're welcome on mine anytime too <laughs> that's what's up that's what's up man in closing do you want to promote anything or you want me just put in everything in the description um yeah just my gallery show at low mill right now it's hanging now so you can go see it and then on april 23rd at the end of that show i'll be having a closing reception from five to seven okay. at low mill in huntsville okay. alabama i'm gonna put all of that in the description also even though she said it to y'all now thank you thank you you for coming on the show and everybody know what i say at the end of every podcast peace love plenty abundance and make sure you get up and go get you some money and we out (laughs) bye Jackson Park